witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Well, hey, Holly. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm, uh... Girl, I am so excited. I am leaving in like T minus 48 hours. <laughs> Hell yeah. I The burnout is so real right now that I'm like, I just have to make it through these next 48 hours and I am good. Yeah, girl, you're almost there. You are so close. So close. I can taste the California air. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... We won't get into it on the podcast, but you and I will have a conversation, and I am just so sick and tired of everyone's bullshit, and I am fully embracing my villain era. (laughs) I feel it. Yeah. I feel it fully. Yep. I just got off of my, I don't know what it was. 30-day stretch. (laughs) Well, not quite 30. I think it was like 20-day stretch in a row. Yeah. Um, And immediately got hit by a freight train of a cold. (laughs) Yeah. So I apologize in advance. Uh, my sound quality on my side is probably going to be kind of crappy. I'm probably going to sound fairly nasally because I feel fairly nasally. And it just is what it is because Felicia's leaving in two days. So <laughs> we are recording today and today only. <laughs> yeah, because it's just not going to work any other time. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering how chaotic it's been, I'm super stoked that we even like got this in instead of having to be like oh guess what we fucked up again <laughs> four weeks <laughs> literally remember when we said bi-weekly that's psych <laughs> it is now tri-weekly <laughs> as in we try as best as we can to get something out <laughs> okay shit we're already tri-weekly honestly we're trying we, t- we are fucking trying we are tri-weekly yeah <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but it's good. I'm well, <laughs> I'm excited uh, that I get to see you before. Well, quote unquote, see you via Facetime. Yeah, yeah, it's better than nothing. It's really. true. You don't want to see me in person right now, anyways, because like, no, I'm gross. <laughs> <laughs> you and your nasaliness and your sunny D can stay over there. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't want none of this. No. You don't want none of this. If I have to lay in California sick as a dog, I'll be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I would be too, honestly. Yeah. I'm just happy like the weather's kind of like kind of cold here. It's kind of soup weather. Yeah. You know? I've actually, I'm not going to lie to you. Well, you know this and the podcast girlies might know this already, but uh, your bitch loves fall. So oh. <laughs> your bitches love fall. <laughs> Yeah. So the, you can tell the weather is turning and like at night you got that like, you know, that crispness to the air. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I've never experienced it anywhere else except for here. But there is like a crispness to the air when it's changing to fall. And I can yeah, like so taste it. <laughs> I think what that is, is just it's the, the frost. Like it's it, it it doesn't fully frost, but we get like this nice layer of dew. Yeah. And it's like a semi-frost. Like, it's not actually freezing, but it's like the precursor to frost. Yeah. And we get that every night. And it's because it gets, like, to, like, you know. Borderline freezing. Single digits every night. Right? Yeah. So, um, 
fuck yeah. I am here for it. The leaves are turning up here. I am I'm done. By by summer, it's time for fall. Yeah. I, <laughs> I started buying Halloween decorations in like July. So I'm like, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> fully, fully feel it in my bones. Yeah. So the amount of restraint I've had to practice to not go to spirit Halloween literally every day before I leave for vacation. <laughs> I'm like, why do I live in a city that has multiple spirit Halloween locations? Do I fucking right? hate myself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. I feel it in my bones. Uh, speaking of Halloween, uh, if you need any costuming done, let me know because I have uh, decided to take up sewing. Fucking And hate. I'm actually not bad at it. No, so. you're not. You've never. Dude. You have this like beautiful ability to look at something and be like, I could probably do that. And then you do. Well, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from or why I am like this, but it's so true. Like, I just, I just look at it. I just look at something and I'm like, yeah, I can figure out how that's made. Yeah. Mm, yep. Don't know why, but just is what it is. <laughs> I think it's incredible. Speaking of, I don't know if you've mentioned it on the podcast. I think you did in the last episode that you're going to the fair, the Fay Ball. Yes. And that you're creating uh-huh. your costume. How is uh-huh. it going? Is it done? Oh, my costume is done. Nice. I'm now making costumes for the other party members. Yeah. No way. So, like, I've made uh, a, another corset for Megan. I made her an overskirt. I'm making uh, AJ a full, like, suit situation because they want to be a dryad. No way. Um, Dude, like, (laughs) you are so slick. (laughs) Okay, it's so funny that you say this because I was talking to Alex about something and I cannot remember exactly what it was, but I was like, I would just need to sew a square. And I was like, you know what? Considering Holly's making fucking corsets, I'm pretty sure she could teach me how to sew a square. (laughs) Easy. Got you. Absolutely. Yeah. See, girl, you're like, oh, I just making a corset and like a whole suit situation. I'm like, how do I make a square? <laughs> well, first you got to cut it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> nah, I'm not even kidding. I know Sometimes you're not. Cutting shit straight is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to look at your picture you sent. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude, I made all that. Shut up. You are so freaking talented. That's so cool, dude. That is so cool. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. So, uh, we're promoting Holly's costume business uh, here on the podcast. Plus size corsets. Plus size corsets. Fucking A, dude. Great market. Nothing nothing you buy online for corsets ever fits a plus size woman the right way. No. I'm saying it right the fuck now. Agreed. So, yeah. The only corsets that I've ever had that fit even kind of decently are ones that have cost me a lot of money. Uh, the bodices of maybe my wedding dress and my prom dress, kind of. Yeah, same. Like, that's it. Yep. That's it. Same. <laughs> I had I had one other corset when I was younger that I used to wear out to the bar because it was my, I don't know, <laughs> my, my days of wearing corsets to bars so I didn't have to buy my own drinks. <laughs> yeah. 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 But- Exactly. No, dude, so. that's awesome. Good fucking good job, dude. You're just having you're killing it these last few weeks, dude. <laughs> just just fucking chooching along. <laughs> I love that for you. And also, good news podcast, folks. I know we talked about this on the podcast last week. Um, 
that psych eval <laughs> that I thought went horribly wrong actually didn't. And I'm moving on to the next round of hiring. Woo-hoo! So bow, snaps bow, bow, for bow. me. Yeah. Snaps, claps. <laughs> Thank you to all of our lovely witchy folk out there who put good energy out and good vibes for Holly. And uh, she is certified not crazy people. <laughs> We're just crazy enough to work for a job that needs you to take a psych evaluation. Exactly. So. Just the right amount of crazy. Just the right. Just yeah. just enough. Yeah. Not too hot. Not too cold. You're the Goldilocks of psych evals. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, killing it. <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, crazy enough to break into a bear's house, not crazy enough to to talk them into letting you stay. <laughs> yeah, fully, fully that, right. that one. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, I guess uh, you want to dive into this week's episode then? Yeah, what are we doing this week? Well, let me tell you, friend, um, we're going a little bit lighter this week because uh, full transparency, I had a fucking bullshit week, so I didn't have a ton of time <laughs> to do this. Your girl is busy. Yeah. Your girl had to <laughs> do three weeks of school in like five and a half days. So, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't easy. Let me tell you that. I wanted to quit my life many times. <laughs> but anyways, for that reason, I didn't want to do anything. Like I have a lot of really good episodes that I, I want to start diving into. I just need fucking five minutes of breathing room to do it. Yeah. And this week yeah. wasn't it. So... <laughs> Nope. We're going a little bit lighter here, and we're just doing a bit of an intro into another area of divination. So we've talked about lots of different divination here on the podcast, but one thing we haven't talked about that we're going to talk about today is the art of palmistry. Ooh. So the art of reading palms. So we're going to look at a brief history today, discuss what palmistry is, kind of talk about like the main points of it. Uh, then we're going to talk about interpretation of of your readings and then some tips and tricks if you're interested in getting your palms read. Ooh. So sit down, get comfy, grab a hot cup of magical tea. Or some Sunny D. Or some Sunny sorry. D. Exactly. <laughs> and come explore with us what fates are held in the palms of our hands. <laughs> Or Sunny D. I'm so sorry. I, I have you. It. it arrived with tea. I couldn't help. It's our ADHD, Holly. <laughs> That's so funny. You kill me. Okay, so as we do with everything, let's start at the origins. As many other forms of divination, there is not an exact time or date to the origins of these ancient practices, right? Okay. So, however, it is widely believed that the art of palmistry began somewhere in India and then found its way throughout other Eurasian countries over several centuries. Okay. So the origins are believed to be within India, within the Hindu culture. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because um, they do a lot of, um, not Mendy, is it Mendy? Henna, like henna. The, the henna yes. on the hands. And that's very much like using the, the natural minds of your own. Exactly. Skin, and right? and so. the hands are seen as like the windows of the soul. You know how here in yeah. North American countries, we always say the eyes are the windows to the soul. The hands in many other 
cultures are believed to like hold our fate you know oh, yeah, literally sense. and figuratively <laughs> Well, hands are very prominent, too, in a lot of, like, um, Hindu deities, right? Yeah. Like it, it, and all the ways they're portrayed. And you symbolism. see their hands. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's always, like, lots of symbolism with the hands, right? And mm-hmm. always the eyes on the hands, right? So very yes, much like yeah. that window to the soul, if you will, right? So we do know for sure, though, that palmistry has been practiced in cultures of Samaria, Babylonia, uh, Arabia, Persia, India, Nepal, Tibet, and China. So there is written histories of palmistry being practiced for centuries within those countries. That's crazy. Right? Palmistry then progressed into Greece, where the Greek philosopher Aristotle actually spoke of palmistry frequently in his work. Okay. It was even said that Aristotle had shared this information with Alexander the Great, who then took a great interest in examining the character of all of his officers by analyzing the lines on their hands. I fully expected you to say Aleister Crowley for some reason. <laughs> I was like, he wasn't alive back then. You lying bitch. <laughs> he did no, not talk to Alexander Aristotle. That does sound right. Okay. <laughs> he did not talk to Aristotle. <laughs> someone's got Crowley on the brain (laughs) oh man oh I love it so from there palmistry spread all over Europe typically it's believed that it spread through Romani fortune tellers throughout Europe right so it became a part of their like common fortune practices yeah as all things magical palmistry eventually faced backlash from the witch hunters of the middle ages right as most things that we talk about do But it then saw a resurgence during the Renaissance and then during the Enlightenment era. Okay. But that did not stop it from being demonized during the resurgence still. Of course. In Renaissance magic, palmistry uh, was classified as one of the seven forbidden acts, along with necromancy, geomancy, aromancy, pyromancy, hydromancy, and I might mispronounce this one, but scalpulomancy? Oh. Yeah, which I didn't totally know what it was, but it is the, it's the divination of using shoulder blades. Oh. Like bones. Okay. Yeah. So that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Scapula. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like your scapula, Mancy. Yeah. Scapula, Mancy. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yep. So it- Like, how does your scalp figure into this? But no. Yeah. yeah. Scapula, Mancy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So during the 16th century, the art of palmistry was actively suppressed by the Catholic Church. No surprise. Um, Wow. (laughs) And even had multiple popes issue public decrees against various forms of the divination, with one including just palmistry. Just looking at, just just reading, really? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) If she can read a palm, she's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) She must be. She must be. How dare they? <laughs> you evil bitch. <laughs> so then in 1889, the Chronological Society of Great Britain was founded in London by Catherine St. Hill, and it was stated to aim, and I quote, advance and systemize the art of palmistry to prevent charlatans from abusing the art. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they created almost like this foundation <laughs> that like, it, it's almost like you had to register there to be like a actual palm reader. So it wasn't just okay. like people were getting tricked into things, right? 
where yeah. someone was looking at your palm and going, oh, you're going to die tomorrow. Give me all your money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That, okay. That makes so sense. So they, yeah. they created this like society of palm readers where people who are, are actual practicers and, and who were, you know, the founders of what we call modern palmistry could register to. Right. Oh, so kind of like how the Omoyodo and the Omoyoji. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So then Edgar Edgar de de Valencourt, sorry, Edgar de Valencourt, Vermont, then founded the American Chronological Society in 1897. Wow. So about a decade later, almost a decade later, then there was one founded in the U.S. So cool. later on, William John Warner was. A later a huge figurehead in the popularization of modern palmistry. After studying under gurus in India, he set up a palmistry practice in London and enjoyed a wide following of famous clientele from around the world, including famous celebrities like Mark Twain, W.T. Stead, Oscar Wilde, Grover Cleveland, Thomas Edison, and Holy even shit. the Prince of Wales, Edward VIII. Wow. Right? That's so, an eclectic group. It is. So because he became so famous and he had so many different people and all of these like world-renowned celebrities of their time going to see yeah. him, that even skeptics and those who spoke out against divination and the occult in general had their palms read by him. Wow. Yeah. Right? So the skeptic Mark Twain wrote in Warner's visitor book that he had, quote, exposed my character to me with humiliating accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> only Mark Twain. Yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> he is the only person that could put that so succinctly. Like, <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> Check. Oh. oh, I thought it was so funny. If only I could get a review like that for my tarot card. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you get one every time you do it for me with humiliating accuracy? <laughs> okay, fair. I fair. love it. So later on, Edward Heron Allen, an English polymath, um, published various works, including the 18. 83 book which is still in print today regarding palmistry and its symbolism cool 1880 yeah 1883 wow. and it's still like in print today wow so later on in 1970 the parker brothers published a game designed by maxine lucilli called touch game of palmistry which allowed players to have palm readings and analysis through selecting cards that matched their palm features Oh, isn't that cool? That's cool. Yeah. Right. And then even today, there are now apps that you can buy on your phone for you can download them for free where you can actually scan your palms and have an analysis done through an app. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's cool. A little bit of a, a ancient to modern times overview of then and now palmistry. <laughs> What's the app called? There's a few of them. The one I saw was Palm Reader. And then the semicolon palmistry fortune. There's another one, palm reading app dash palm reader. Open. <laughs> Holly is fully <laughs> downloading. Uh, it's been downloaded. I'm opening the app now. I'm fucking going for it. Okay, let's get started. Get started. Bucket. <laughs> okay, the way I just said that reminded me of. Um, the Get Swifty song. Let's on get Trump, Swifty. 
And the other night we played D and D, and one of the guys said, "Show me what you got." Show like, me what like you. From that. Yeah. And I, I said, "Ah, oh, yeah. Take off your pants <laughs> and your panties." <laughs> and he looked at me like I was fucking insane. <laughs> and you're like, "I thought we were. Get- <laughs> you know, I thought we were getting swifty." And I said, "Shit on the floor." <laughs> Just like, to really like drive home that crazy you are one. fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was crazy? Let me show you that I am. <laughs> Shit on the floor. It's that just gay. reminded me of what I said. I, if you say you're magical gardens, I'm going to shit on the floor. And you're like, well, take your pants off. <laughs> we got swifty on that episode. Hilarious. <laughs> oh. All right. Read my palm, please. <laughs> you would fucking kill me. <laughs> I don't want to tell you that. Oh, it doesn't use the camera. You got to pick what your palm line looks like. Oh, fuck that. Oh, fuck that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find one that scans for you. <laughs> Oh, that was so disappointing. Holly's first anyway. attempt it was not good. Uh, That's too funny. You fucking crack me up. <laughs> I gotta spit fucking bullshit. I'm out. <laughs> I wanted you to read my pub. Delete I don't want to read my pub for you. Remove from Fuck. remove from home screen. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to have derailed you so badly. That's okay. This is probably one of the best derailments ever. I have never, we have never fully downloaded an app, opened it, signed up, used it, and deleted it on a podcast. <laughs> Holly really said, fuck this episode. I want to know more about this app. Well, hold on. It's still about the episode. I just wanted to see if the poverty app works. I just want to get my palms read now. Okay, that's True. all. That's all that's happening. See, and I really hook, line, and sinker got myself. your interest. <laughs> Nailed it. I know I've done a good episode when I do, when you do when you're like, let's go on this pathway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, so what is palmistry? Let's find out. Let's find out. So plain and simple, palmistry is the form of fate or fortune telling by reading the lines or the mounds on your hands. Okay. But it is much deeper than that. The hand is thought to be an entry point to the inner soul, explains Cassandra Edson, the author of A Little Bit of Palmistry. Okay. It's believed- A little bit of Lexus. A little bit (laughs) I'm little sorry. bit of Felicia in my life. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the, the song from Schitt's Creek, Little Bit of Lexus. Oh, I definitely went full-fledged Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of Erica is all I need. Little bit of Tina is what I see. Little bit of Sandra in the sun. <laughs> and now I've fully got Mambo number five playing in my head. Oh. Oh, good times. If I were a playlist, I would have Get Swifty, Little Bit of Lexus, and Mama Number Five. Like, just that would be it on repeat. I'd probably Maybe also throw in like the Bob the Builder theme song in every now and then. But, like, yeah. I was definitely going to go with Mickey Avalon's My Dick, but Bob the Builder works. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, God. Cause the late night fee. Yo, dick. Just the HIV. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> so are you. It's fine. Good. We're equal playing fields here being the best. <laughs> We're both funny. <laughs> So it's believed that the lines and patterns found on our palms can speak to everything from our talents, personalities, dreams, and even our past lives, current circumstances, and our destiny. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Your destiny awaits in the palm of your hand. <laughs> dun, da, da, da. Ah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So... Uh, Eason, the, the author of A Little Bit of Palmistry, she also says that lines and markings serve the same purpose as that of like a tarot card, and each has its own meaning the same way that tarot does as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it makes a really good comparison between tarot and the lines and mounds on our hands. In palmistry, the active or dominant hand is said to reveal opportunities and challenges in your present and future. Whereas your non-dominant or inactive hand reflects your potential and your long-term plans or goals. Okay. Uh, every, in palmistry, every hand is said to fit into a particular shape aligned with one of the four elements. Similar to the way that multiple astrological signs can coexist in a person's birth chart, it is possible for multiple elements and influences to be present in a single palm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, in an interview with The Cut, uh, director of the American Academy of Hand Analysis, Kay Packard, explains each of these types, which I will read to you verbatim. Okay. So, earth hands. According to Packard, earth hands feature square palms with fewer lines, albeit deep ones. Earth is very practical and reliable, she says. Earth-handed people carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. They may tend to be less concerned with emotions than with getting things done. And above all, they work hard. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. So fire hands. So yeah. So earth hands are few lines, but deep lines. Yeah. Fire hands. Meanwhile, may be found on a highly charismatic or magnetic people. They are characterized by somewhat irregular palms marked with like... Marked like Zorro came in and put sword marks all through their hands, right? So you're talking lots of different lines everywhere, right? Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fire-handed people have lots of deep lines on their palm, Packard explains, and tend to be highly creative and more attuned to fun than to detail. Okay. <laughs> Holly is like, I think I'm an <laughs> earth-handed person. <laughs> no, I think I'm fire-handed, man. Oh, sorry, that's what I mean. Fire-handed, not earth-handed. <laughs> yeah. Fire-handed. <laughs> so then, at my hands. <laughs> I love it. This is exactly what I wanted you to do. Wait till we get to the the reading part. <laughs> Good shit. So perfect. Air hands are rectangular with palms that are taller than they are wide and are typically sh have straight and upright fingers. Okay. Which I'm like, doesn't all hands have upright fingers? It'd be fucking weird if we didn't. I don't know what that means. But uh, I don't know because like I have like little little curvy boys. They curve like my pinky mm, curves. I see what you're saying. Into okay. my hand and my, my index curves into my hand. I remember that kid that we went to high school with, Mike. <laughs> His had, like, pinky? The, the weird pinky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, um. 
air-handed Sorry. people. No, it's okay. Air-handed people are analytical, rational, reasoning, and are good critics, Packard says. They can appear oh. aloof or flighty because their minds are in the air, quote-unquote, and c- are collecting and determining information. These types can be somewhat sarcastic, but they value fairness above all. Interesting. So mm-hmm. the classic Libra. Classic Libra. You've got your Libra hand. <laughs> I'm like looking at mine. I'm like, I don't know. My hand is definitely taller than it is wide, for sure. Really? Oh, for sure. Oh. See, mine's pretty like even Stevens, I feel like. I got a square hand. Oh, yeah, dude. My hands are definitely like taller than they are wide. See mine? Oh, yeah. Yours are very like square. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, mine is very much taller than it is wide. If I, Weird. if my fucking hands are even Libra, like, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> bitch. I think my hands are even Leo's, so, like, fair. Oh, fuck. We are, t- like, through and through, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, thoroughbreds. <laughs> you are what you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, you have water hands. They are characterized by lots of lightly etched quote-unquote, baby fine lines, according to Packard. They also have narrow palms with fingers that are long and bony. Water-handed people may be very emotional and sensitive and typically have a nurturing element about them, she says, potentially with a tendency to be swallowed up into somebody else's problems because water likes to fill the container that it's put in front of them. Water hand supposedly speaks to compassion, adaptability, and receptiveness, but it is also potentially impractical and has a clashing personality sometimes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I most certainly do not have water hands. No, baby, got... baby fine lines? Girl, not me. Not only that, but like long, thin fingers. <laughs> have you seen the movie everything uh or sorry everything everywhere all at once or something like that no not yet no okay well in it jamie lee curtis at one point has literal hot dog fingers and i was like <laughs> i have never related to a character more than i do now <laughs> oh for real you know there's nothing that like hurts more than like at my work showing someone like rings Oh, and and the person looking at rings, seeing a ring that's like a size, I think I'm a size eight and a half or a size nine. Like I'm not even like an outrageously large ring size for yeah. an engagement ring. No, but like nothing hurts more than someone seeing a size nine ring set and them saying, "Whoa, whoa I didn't see the hands that fit that ring." Oh. And it's like you're like, uh, yeah, bro, you're fucking looking at them. This. The hands showing you the ring is quite literally the hands that that ring would fit. Fuck face. Uh, Get fucking lost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, but so funny. (laughs) Right? I'm like, yeah, no, that's me. I'm like, hello. (laughs) Poor Alex had to put a fucking ring on it twice. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that day. The guy was like, oh, I see the fans up in that ring. Fucking hello. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at him. <laughs> Me. Like, it's mine. Quite literally, the hands that pulled the ring that you are going to buy out of the showcase to show it to you, them's the hands. Them's the <laughs> I don't know what else to you tell you. You should have charged it for a low price of $10. I'll show you. 
If you subscribe to my OnlyFans, you'll see. <laughs> Only him. Only him. <laughs> this opportunity, Felicia. <laughs> if you subscribe to my OnlyHands, oh my god. Fucked. <laughs> so fucked. That's uh, the title of this episode. Only hands. <laughs> the art of palmistry. That's my favorite title we've had yet, I think. So. <laughs> it really should be. Only it hands. Should. Only hands. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. Congratulations. You have made this episode. Incredible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck me. That's funny. So there are four major lines identified in palmistry when a reader is looking at your hand. Okay. They are the heart line, the headline, the lifeline, and the fate line, which is said that only some people have this fourth line. Oh. Mm -hmm. So let's take a deeper look at the meanings of each of them. Okay. So the heart line. The heart line lives at the top of the hand and goes from left to right. I gotta turn my flashlight on. It's getting dark over here. <laughs> it's so dark. It's so dark you can't even see my own sausage fingers anymore. Yeah, I can't. Okay. <laughs> right? So it's the, <laughs> the topmost line that runs from left to right on your hand. Okay. It reveals aspects of our emotional state, relationships, as well as our potential to grow as a person. A deep oh. line signifies emotional depth, where a faint line reveals a very delicate energy field. A consistently broken heart line means relationships, including friendships, are often fleeting. This line can be read either direction, from left to right or right to left, um, depending on the traditions followed by the palm reader. Interesting. Yeah. So what do a few of the things tell us? So beginning below the index finger um, is content with love life. Okay. Right? Begins below the middle finger. And when I say begins, I think it actually means ends. So like if it no, starts no. here and yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Ends beneath one of the fingers. So because like mine, mine is a, a middle finger one. Yes. So below the middle finger is selfish when it comes to love. OK. <laughs> OK. Just calling me out right away. All right. All right. Right. If it begins Fine. in the middle, like if it begins in the middle, so kind of in between your middle finger and your ring finger, it yeah. falls in love easily. And then straight and short where it kind of ends near your ring finger, but kind of like in between your pinky and your ring, it's less interest in, in romance. Right. Ah. And if it touches the lifeline and the lifeline starts where you're like in between your pointer finger in your thumb and curves down towards your wrist if it yeah. touches that your heart is broken easily huh mm -hmm. interesting right okay so hold on yeah i'm so sorry don't be so so mine kind of starts like in between my index and my middle finger it does yep and then but it also like branches off to the lifeline Ooh, let's see if i have one like that i'll see if i can take a picture of it just send it to you Oh, I see. Yeah, it like goes up and then it branches down. Yeah. Interesting. So yours looks like it's kind of two. One is when it touches the lifeline, your heart is broken easily. Yeah. But then you have it where it kind of curves back up towards like your yeah. fingers. And that yeah. one is freely expresses emotions and feelings. Oh, wow. Okay. With humiliating accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mark Twain, you were right. 
So <laughs> mine is straight and parallel to the he- the headline. Like that's what mine falls into, which says good handle on emotions. Oh, <laughs> which is like m- maybe now. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> Be interested to know if like hands changed. Possibly. As you grew, you know? Yeah, p- probably. This one I thought was really interesting because I can see it on mine, but it says any circles on the line <laughs> represents depression. And I oh. definitely have a circle in mine, which I'm like, really? you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. That one I thought was interesting because I was like, how did it know? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, right? I don't have any circles. So think. next one is the headline. So this is the line that starts at the edge of your palm underneath the index finger and slices across the middle of your palm and it can go as far across your palm as possible or as short across your palm as possible, right? I see. So your headline's more like up here or your heart line's more up here near like the start of your pinky and then the other one's like in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So the headline can show us how thoughts and logic manifest in our lives and how we approach the world rationally rather than how we feel about it or how we compartmentalize information, right? So if you have a short line kind of starting like between your thumb and your index and it only meets your like middle finger area, um, that's you prefer physical achievements over mental achievements. Okay, yeah. If you have a curved line sloping down towards your wrist, that's more creative uh, if you have uh, separate from the lifeline, so if yours don't match, like if your lifeline, because your lifeline typically starts at the same point and goes down towards your wrist, whereas the headline goes across your palm. Huh, okay. Okay, so if they're separated, then you're very adventure-focused, uh, adventure you're enthusiastic, you like spontaneity, spontaneity, right? Okay. If that line is very wavy, that's short attention span. Yeah. Deep, long line is thinking and clear focused. Straight line is thinks realistically. Okay. And then broken is inconsistent thoughts. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. So yours is, do you see where, okay, so you see your heart line? You see where that little Y goes down? The one that it intersects with, that is your headline. And then the one below it is your lifeline. Oh. Do you see what I mean? No. Okay. Let- <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm going to let me do this for you. You're so fucking funny. Yeah. No. All right. You should get the gist of this. Okay. I just sent it to you. Okay. Oh. Okay. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you actually, okay. or are you just saying <laughs> you're out of me? No, I am. Okay. I, I see it. So you're putting this this big one at the top as the heart line. Yep. Okay. And then the one that intersects with the Y. Life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whole oh, weird. Okay. Whole oh, weird. <laughs> okay. So the third line is the lifeline. So this line starts between your thumb and your pointer finger and curves downwards towards your wrist. It is yeah. said to be the most misunderstood line as it gets a really bad rap for indicating the length of life for someone, which I'm sure you've probably heard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
it's not true. The lifeline does not depict how long somebody's life is going to be. It is, however, an indicator of how anchored to the earth we are. So you can think of it like a root system. Okay. Right? It can also reflect cataclysmic events, physical injuries, or relocations to happen in your life. Oh, okay. Other palm readers believe that the lifeline speaks about our connections to others. So families, friends, loved ones. So I think the general understanding of the lifeline is really, I think, a good explanation is that anchored. How anchored to this world are you? Right? So with that being said, if you have a lifeline that runs really close to your thumb, so it comes kind of close to this uh, fleshy part of your thumb here, that's often tired. (laughs) It explains your emotional state. (laughs) Um, If it's really curvy, so it kind of comes outwards and then curves down more and towards the center of your palm, right? Yeah. That's plenty of energy. Oh, really? If it's long and deep, kind of comes down almost like pat, like onto your wrist almost. um, That one is vitality, like lots of vitality in life. Really short and shallow is often manipulated by others. So if it swoops around the semicircle on your thumb, so if it goes all the way around this like really fleshy bit, yeah, uh, that's strength and enthusiasm. Oh, well, that's what I got because it comes like right on. Yeah, yours right is here. very much like that, I think. Yeah. Multiple lifelines, just extra vitality. Okay. Um, circles, uh, any types of circles or breaks in the line typically represents hop- hospitalization or injury. And then anytime it breaks is sudden changes in your life, like big changes will are going to happen where you're going to oh. get to a point where there's almost like this like cataclysmic shift in your life. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then the last one is the fate line. So this line begins near the base of your middle finger and runs down the center of your palm. Okay. It does not show up on everyone, and it is highly believed amongst most palm readers that it only shows up on somebody in their 20s or their 30s as it deals with purpose and direction in life. Interesting. Some palmists believe that if there are children who are heavily affected by their parents' wants or needs for them to do something, their fate lines will be more distinct and show up earlier in life. So do you have a fate line? I do. Yeah, I figured a you would. Very distinct fate line, straight from like the bottom of my middle finger. I don't know if you can. Oh yeah, I can totally see down. that. Yeah, yeah. So I have a very distinct fate line. I do not. No. So the fate line indicates the degree to which a person is affected by external circumstances beyond their control. <laughs> huh. What? It's almost like I have anxiety about everything all the time. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> humiliating accuracy is the theme of this ever thought episode (laughs) (laughs) so so fate lines deep strong lines are controlled by fate great um breaks and changes in the direction uh prone to many changes in life from external forces starts um it's kind of starts this one says it's join it starts join to the lifeline So the beginning of your fate line, if it's starting at your lifeline, it's self-made, develops aspirations early on because it's like tied to that lifeline. All right. Yeah. And then last one is starts at the base of the thumb and crosses the lifeline, which means support is offered by family and friends typically. 
Interesting. Yeah. So those are the four lines um, and their interpretations. So that's kind of really like the bulk of our episode here. So we're just going to end off today by talking about how to prepare for a palm reading. So if you've listened to this episode and you're like, damn, that sounds cool. If you're like Holly and I, where you're comparing and sending to each other and trying to figure it out. Um, there's going to be some really great uh, sources in the link here. One of them is a WikiHow where you can go through. It's the one we use today. Um, and it shows like detailed line drawings on palms so you can try and match. Um, if not, you can check out apps like Holly did. Super easy. Like we said in the episode, there's like a million yep. of them. So check them out. Tons of great stuff on the internet uh, for you to check out. And there's some fantastic books on Amazon if you're a Kindle girly or a Kindle boy. Um, yeah, they've got some really great Kindle Unlimited books as well that I downloaded for this episode. So check them out. But to end off today's episode, we're going to go through and talk about how to prepare for a palm reading. Because anytime you're seeing a professional, it can sometimes be a little nerve wracking and you don't know what to do or how to conduct yourself. So yeah, of course. As always, I'm going to preface this by saying that any form of divination is a very personal journey. So do what feels right for you right yeah but if we left everything at that we wouldn't have much of a podcast so um today we're gonna talk about a blog post from the old town crier and an author named peggy adverson who gives us her eight tips for preparing for palm readings and she is a reader herself so she started her journey uh getting her palm read via making a palm print and mailing it to a reader across the country um, and then getting a personalized reading back. She loved it so much that she became a palm reader herself um, and has now been studying palm reading for years. And these are her eight tips to prepare for palm reading. Okay. So number one, follow the instructions of your reader. If you're working with a professional and they send you detailed instructions for making prints, scheduling appointments, or anything else, their instructions may seem overly detailed, but that comes from years of answering questions. So do yourself a favor and read through the instructions before you get started, right? Okay. Nice and easy. Number two, ask questions. Just because you receive detailed instructions doesn't mean your question has been answered in them. It is perfectly fine to send an email asking what to bring with you, how to prepare yourself, or if you're doing this remote, you can voice any of the concerns you have about making your prints or sending them in the mail. Number three, schedule a time for when you know that you're going to be clear. You don't want to be going into a palm reading worried about getting out of there as soon as you can, right? Yeah. So go lots of time. Yes, book lots of time. If you're going to be doing your reading during work hours, for example, make sure you clear your calendar and let your team know you'll be unavailable for the hour of your reading. Better yet, head out to your car and take the call there, right? Yeah. So next is before you get on your call or show up in person, clear your head. Take a few deep breaths, smile to yourself. This is supposed to be a fun and enlightening experience. It is not doom and gloom. You're not going to go in there thinking that you're going to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so clear yourself. Get, get in a good headspace. Go in with an open mind of understanding that fate is, st- destiny is still under our control. This is just a way for us to better understand it, right? Oh, man. Maybe we should start doing that with our tarot polls every month. Yeah. Easier said than done. We give I advice. Know, right? We don't take it here. <laughs> 
We're not one for I've receiving. Heard anything more accurate? I've heard anything more accurate in my yeah. fucking life? I told you, humiliating accuracy is the theme of this episode. <laughs> so the next one is clarify what you want during your reading. It's awesome to let the universe pull out whatever it is that it sees, but if you think you'll get exactly what you need during your reading, that's not always the case. But it is a good idea to be clear if you've got a specific question or concern that you want to work through. As a reader, I always ask if my client has something they want to discuss during their session. At least half the time they say, nope, just whatever you see. Then when I'm wrapping up after 50 minutes, they ask if they need, and I ask if they need clarity on anything I've shared, they say something along the lines of, well, you didn't talk about my love life, my job, or my mother's health, so on and so forth. It is in your best interest to work with your reader during your reading. They will be upfront if you are asking something that isn't in your palm and you'll be able to go forward without disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always about like taking control. The reader is going to give you what you give back to them. If you're asking questions and you're participating and you are active in your reading, you're going to get the most benefit from it. Imagine that. Right. So next one is palmists are reading your hands. While every person on the planet has the capacity to tap into the psychic realm and other dimensions, palmists are working with what they see in your hands. They aren't there to wow you with the predictions or messages from your great aunt Agnes. If that's something you require, ask your palmists ahead of time if they've ever done readings or if they offer readings with a psychic twist. But more often than not, you're not going to get any type of mediumship during these these readings right and then last but not least there's nothing bad in your hands don't panic you have complete free will and should use the information in your hands to help navigate any choppy waters you're currently experiencing but don't expect to hear the answer to a yes or no question just like your life is full of options your hands show you the options that are there right now use your hands to help you pick the most satisfying and least stressful path to where you want to go interesting yeah all right i like it and that my friend is palmistry in a nutshell all right <laughs> i love it that was great thanks Thank you. buddy <laughs> you're so welcome. sorry for all the interruptions it's all good i had a blast i really enjoyed this episode considering that i was like oh fuck <laughs> when i was i know making when this I- like yesterday <laughs> When I messaged you the other day being like, hey, so like we got to record before you leave or else we're not going to have an episode. I was like, true, uh, true. <laughs> I was like, uh, like, I'll do an episode, another one if you want. Like, I knew that like <laughs> your schedule is fucked right now. And I was it's like, so fucked. I-, I will make an episode. If you want me to make an episode, I'll do it. But, like, you pulled it out, man. You fucking did that shit. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I mean, like like I said, I have some other episodes that I'm I'm really interested in and I want to dive into them, but they are just, like, it's one of the, it's going to be one of those episodes that take, like, 25 sources and, like, a week worth of fucking editing. Yeah, you gotta, you want to do it, do it justice. Well, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's the thing is you don't ever want to, like, at least for me, I don't ever want to come on here, and I think you feel the same way, and just, like, talk out my ass like I know nothing, and, like, yeah, I like, haven't put any effort into to actually looking at it. Do you know what I mean? If if, if it, there is anything worth doing, it's worth doing it right. You know what I mean? And, like, to half-ass your way through something is just, like, not 
what we do here. No. So. Or, and it's like, also, it's just like, you know, you do such a fucking fantastic job of editing that, like, the podcast, like, absolutely seems like it is so, like, streamline and <laughs> you know that we are fucking on point all the time which i appreciate is, that greatly you do <laughs> like you're so you're, you're so fucking good at editing and like the few people we've had on the podcast have even said to us like oh fuck i didn't realize actually like how much goes into to doing an episode and then yeah. the, ver- the episode like recording versus the final product is so vastly different yeah sometimes right so it's like the other part of it is like people won't see this side, but like if I if one of us doesn't come prepared and you're sitting there fucking googling shit and oh just give me a second and I don't know and uh, all of a sudden your 50 minute episode is like three hours of recording and three hours of editing the fucking ums yeah. and the ahs and the awkward googling silences out of it. Yeah, which is just exactly. a waste of time for both of us, especially when both of us have fucked up schedules. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I feel so it, it. it's not only just about like delivering a good product, but it's also about not wasting each other's time. <laughs> yeah. But I really appreciate it. I'm glad you had a good time. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. It's an interesting way. There's lots that I didn't cover in this because like, yeah, there's a lot else with palmistry and there'll be some really good stuff in the, the, the uh, episode sources and stuff if anybody's interested in diving deeper into that. Speaking of diving deeper. Um, yeah. You know what episode we're doing next? What episode are we doing next, Holly? Our listeners' whispers episode. Listeners' whispers. Listeners' whispers. <laughs> uh, I have received one thus far, and I have personally witnessed Adam typing one up. Ooh. So. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay, so, so we're gonna put calls out. Hey, everybody. If you're listening right now, stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing and voice record a note to us. You don't even have to type. I get it. Typing if fucking you are, sucks. If you're listening to this through Spotify, you can literally go to the episode on the app. And at the bottom, there's just a little thing that says, do you have a spooky story? Write it in there. Oh, dude. Yeah. You don't even need to fucking go anywhere else. Yeah. Just put it in the put it in the Spotify QA. Slick. Just slap her in there. Buddy, Fuck even it if you easy. Yeah. If you you whatever format you want to send a story to us in, done. Do we'll it. We'll take it. Do it. Any of them. Any story. Yeah. So we would really appreciate it because uh as it stands right now, Holly and I are gonna be uh looking for some spooky stories. <laughs> yeah. My nose is bleeding all of a sudden. You're bleeding. Holly's nose is bleeding. So on that note, stay spooky, (laughs) y'all.